minute a lad had asked me for a ticket, he'd go into the book, he'd put a 50, 60, 70 request, they would look the man, he'd then we kind of went through the list of who served the most. It could be a lot of lads texting. OTB AM, live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. Meaningful Metrics on Off The Ball. In partnership with Whoop, a personalised digital fitness and health coach that helps you unlock your inner potential. See whoop.com for more. So this week's Meaningful Metrics is based around the NBA Finals and the genius of Steph Curry. The Warriors 3-2 up in the Boston Celtics ahead of Game 6 tonight. Ronan Mullen is on the line. Evening, Ronan. Hi, Nathan. Uh, so talk us through the finals so far. How do we get to this position? Well, you've mentioned the most meaningful metric there. So 3-2 to the Warriors who go to Boston this evening or overnight as far as we're concerned in Ireland. But if they can win tonight, they close it out in the best of seven series. So that's what they're looking towards. And then from a Celtics point of view, like even from the outside looking in, casual sports fans will know the Boston Celtics franchise and associate them with oodles of success. But in reality, one NBA title since 1986. So there's a lot of Celtics fans who'll be in attendance tonight who, you know, have rarely seen them pick up a title. So it's a, there's a lot riding on it. I think the Celtics would have been possibly favoured given the momentum they had coming into this series. But the Warriors have managed to flip things and due in no small part to Steph Curry, who had a mesmeric game last weekend. Of course, we're doing this piece today on how the three-point revolution was pioneered by him and he's bringing it all together and we're coming off the back of a game just a couple of days ago where he didn't shoot any three-pointers whatsoever, hmm. Nathan. Uh, how so often does that happen? Very, very, very rarely. So I think the stat exactly is 233 postseason and regular season games in a row he made three-pointers. So that's almost four years and then uh, the streak broke there the other day. I think he was so basically drained from probably his greatest ever performance in a basketball jersey in game four and possibly just um, didn't quite have the momentum to carry into game five but they managed to get the job done in any event and just a word of warning for Boston Celtics fans the last time he ended that kind of streak um, as if to teach basketball a lesson he came in and, and scored 13 of 17 which was a career high for him in the very next game so if he can do something like that overnight uh, today I think uh, it's game over for the Celtics I'm not sure what the metric for it is Ronan but is Steph Curry the coolest man in all of sport? Oh, there's some outrageous in that game four that I'm referencing some of the some of the pull up threes so it's just it's kind of in keeping with the conversation we're going to have around spacing and, and what he does to opposing defences because as they sort of rally back to, to cover the basket he'll just stop dead in his tracks and shoot a three and just walk away as if it's the easiest thing in the world when in reality it is quite difficult he's normalised genius and um, that's kind of what we're going to get into today all right, so let's get into it. Go deep, deep nerd on this, Ronan, as to how Steph Curry has revolutionized the game. Yeah, so Curry by numbers, just for people who aren't overly au fait, so eight-time NBA All-Star, eight-time All-NBA selection, that's four times on the first team, twice NBA's most valuable player and the first man ever to win that unanimously. So it kind of speaks to the gravitas he's held by his peers as well. Um, the Warriors, the team that he represents and is the figurehead of, recorded the most wins ever in an NBA season uh, on their way to the 2016 NBA Finals. And most pertinent to this conversation is the three-point situation. So during the 2012-13 season, he set the record for most three-pointers. That was 272. Then he surpassed that record in 2015 with 286. 
and again in 2016 with 402. So unsurprisingly, most three-pointers in history broke Ray Allen's record just uh, in this season. And also unsurprisingly, Steve Kerr is the coach of this team and people, again, non-basketball fans will know him from the last dance even and renowned shooter in his own right. But back in the Steve Kerr days, or rather the Michael Jordan days, those kind of catch-and-shoot players were complementary. They weren't central to the team, whereas Kerr came in and made Steph Curry the pivot of the entire operation and made him, if, say, Steve Kerr was a supporting actor, Steph Curry's the lead man. And his supporting actor is Clay Thompson, who's another excellent shooter. So the two of them have just combined to, as I said, revolutionize basketball. And that original Warriors team pre-Kevin Durant, who came in and changed the dynamic a little bit, that original Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry team has one of the greatest approval ratings in American sports where they came from nowhere really with this totally different brand of basketball and swept all before them. So quite an incredible achievement. And just on the Steph Curry point, not to put too fine a point on it, but I don't think anybody's had more profound effect on their sport or changed the way their sport is played in history than Steph Curry. Like the, the sport now is unrecognizable from the sport he entered so we can probably get into that a little bit as well on that then how much of that was Steve Kerr wanting to do something different how much of it was recognising that he had a true genius on his team yeah I think there's a it's a composite of the two like it wasn't as if Steph Curry was a sure sure thing he was coming from great stock given his family heritage but he didn't go number one in the draft or anything like that there's still a bit of reticence around small guys and like Steph Curry's not small by human standards he's around six foot three but by NBA standards he's not a big man and again the league he was coming into in 09 it was the latter end of like say Kevin Garnett like Shaq had just left but you know not too long removed from winning an NBA title with the Heat and it was the dominating force around that time even the likes of Kobe Bryant who was a shooter in his own right you know more of a physical presence than the likes of Steph Curry but as I guess you said Kerr who's just this kind of hive mind and can can spot talent, knew what he had at his disposal and was able to build a team to that end. And there's a graphic which people can find on Reddit, but I, we might have access to it there, but it kind of spans 1997 to 2020. And it, it's in keeping a little bit, it's almost like the reverse Pep Guardiola, I would call it, because if you look at the, the graphic, um, in 1997, all the shots are taken from under the baskets, so kind of sure thing baskets for two points whereas you look around the three-point line there's no like barely any whereas you get to 2020 it's a, the complete flip of that where the predominance of the shots are taken from the arc for three points and very sparingly only when it's an absolute certain two-pointer will they take it so the mid-range you know those shots which are of mid like mid-range twos which would have been quite common with the likes of Allen Iverson and, again, Kobe Bryant, are almost a thing of the past now because they're seen as high-risk, low-reward. And the difference between the Guardiola thing, if you think about it, um, he kind of... Takes the risk out of it. Exactly. He warns against shooting from outside the box, for example, only in, you know, sparing instances. So it's almost like an out-to-win situation where... The, the classic Man City goal, I'm sure you've commentated on any amount of them, Nathan, is the get to the end line, drag back, tap in for whomever. Whereas in basketball, it's in to out. And the, the big difference between soccer and basketball is that the, the baskets are worth different amounts. So in, in football, any goal is worth the same. You, can, you may as well score from inside the six-yard box as score from 40 yards. 
Whereas in basketball, the reward has begun to trump the risk a little bit. And people look at, you're, you're less likely to score from three-point range, but if you do, across the course of a season, there's more value in taking a three-point shot over a two-point shot, if you get me. So, so that is, uh, that's essentially what has happened here. With more people taking on more three-point shots, and I presume then spending more time uh, practicing and training and maybe looking for players with expertise in that area, has the percentages risen dramatically in terms of success rate from three-pointers? So in terms of economies, so the league-wide three-point rate, so that's the percentage of field goal attempts that have come from beyond the arc, that three-point arc, has increased in each of the last 10 seasons. So that was 22% in 2011, and that was up to 40% last season. Wow. And you look you look at the Golden State Warriors team, which was the zenith of this project, let's say. In 2016, that team that won all those games in the regular season, the average uh, three-point attempts per game was 31. So that was the most in the league, obviously. And the regular season just gone, everybody in the league shot more than that, except two teams. So the, the Chicago Bulls and the Washington Wizards shot below 31, but everybody else is shooting more. So the greatest shooting team of all time, Nathan, shot 31 shots per game on average. And now every team in the league is shooting more than that. So it's safe to say not everybody in the league has a Steph Curry and a Clay Thompson. So their stats aren't on par with those, but they've, they've looked at that economy that I mentioned and figured across the course of the season, it's better to put your trust in landing those trees. What's your favourite Steph Curry stat? Ooh, it's tough. You know, I think the, the stat at the moment that's doing the rounds in um, NBA, I don't know, debate shows is his number of finals MVPs, and that is zero. And the extent to which that will define his legacy is, is a, a, a subject of debate, essentially. So you think of any of the greatest NBA players who've won an NBA title, they've all won an NBA Finals MVP, as much as to say when it got to the crunch, they really showed up for their team. So again, to cite Michael Jordan and that documentary, when the chips were down, he was the guy that grabbed them and dragged them over the line. Whereas Steph Curry has not done that on the stat sheet, you'd have to say on the MVP Finals conversation, because the one that he probably should have won went to Andre Iguodala, and there's huge contention around that. That was seen as like a romantic story where Iguodala came from off-Broadway and guarded LeBron James and got the nod, whereas you look at Steph, what Steph Curry delivered in those finals, he really should have won it. So that's why there's so much pressure on these finals, I think. Like he won't admit as much, but I think it's very key for him in his own frame of mind that he is the one, he's seen as the one to get the job done for the Warriors here because Kevin Durant came in and Kevin Durant's a generational player. Like if you could build a player from scratch, it would be Kevin Durant. He can do absolutely everything. Steph Curry's got a very unique skill set and he's the best to ever do that specific skill set. He's the greatest shooter of all time. And I think his legacy would be improved manyfold if he can win a finals MVP here in this series. And in terms of the change to the game, you've gone through it there in, in really interesting detail in terms of uh, in-match. In terms of the draft and the type of player the teams are looking for then, you mentioned that Steph Curry didn't go first in the draft. Uh, has there been a dramatic change then in terms of the skill set that they're looking for from players coming out of college? Yeah, there's certainly a bigger onus on the, the quote-unquote big man to have a three-point shot 
in his repertoire and even the likes of Yanis Atatokounmpo who's the Greek freak and you know an MVP in his own right wouldn't be renowned for his three-point shooting but he's so good in all other facets of the game and yet it's still cited as yeah he's brilliant but where's his shot at you know that kind of thing and then Joel Embiid who's another big guy and seen as one of the best players in the league wouldn't be outrageously brilliant from three-point range yet tries them quite regularly so in a way where Shaquille O'Neal couldn't even shoot free throws and was the best player in the league now it's seen as absolutely fundamental part of the game that you have to be able to come in and at least shoot and I think that even even for people who aren't of the same frame as Steph Curry I think the value that's been placed on on long-range shooting has um, is across the board now Give us one more then, because I know uh, you could be here all night uh, nerding us out of this with your NBA stats. What else caught your eye? Um, I'd say the 43-point performance he had against the Boston Celtics last week, it's kind of been put up in the same rarefied air as the Michael Jordan flu game or maybe the Allen Iverson game against the Los Angeles Lakers where it was like the one-man show and you know managed to deliver it over the line so you go through the reams of stats it's nice to be able to put an asterisk beside them and say that stat actually counted for something so to put up 43 points in an nba finals game and for it to actually count towards victory like without steph curry in game four the warriors are nowhere there's a, a really interesting three-point shot that he, he hits from the corner if people want to go back and look at it i think i tweeted it out but essentially he drives the ball to the rim, flips it out to Gary Payton, I believe. And Gary Payton literally just waits there for Steph Curry to walk over and take the ball off him and shoot the three himself. So it's the very microcosm of a one-man team. And interestingly, Nathan, like we're kind of talking broad terms about three-point shooting, but the respect that teams give Steph Curry to that end in the sense that they get out and press him actually leaves a huge amount of space under the basket. So it's like a two-pronged effect. As, much, as good as he is from three-point range, he can also slip by you, get to the basket, and equally create space for others. And the likes of Andrew Wiggins, who's been excellent in this series, probably the second-best warrior, has had a lights-out game just because of the space that the likes of Steph Curry creates. So while he can be seen as a one-man team, it's almost like a team playing for one man because they're so complementary to him. Clay Thompson's is his Robin to the, the Batman, if you like, but Draymond Green is there, Wiggins I mentioned, and there's lots of secondary players. So I think you can probably tell I kind of want the Warriors to get the <laughs> job done, but um, I think it'd make for an interesting Game 7 if the Celtics can close it out in Boston, go back to San Francisco, and we'd have a really interesting finale then. All right, Ronan, great stuff as always. Cheers, Nathan. Ronan Mullen there on Meaningful Metrics and Off the Ball in partnership with Whoop, the personalised digital fitness and health coach that helps you unlock your inner potential. See whoop.com for more Meaningful Metrics every Thursday night here on Off the Ball. Meaningful Metrics on Off the Ball. In partnership with Whoop, the personalised digital fitness and health coach that helps you unlock your inner potential. See whoop.com for more.